The following is a JourneyWise Network production. What you say matters. And it has a direct reflection on the joy of Jesus in your heart that you're sharing with those around you. There's power in your words. Who are you cheering on? Welcome back to the Choosing Cheer podcast. My name is Nicolette Bell, your host, and I'm so excited that you are with us today as we continue on our journey of Choosing Cheer. In our first season, we spent a lot of time asking the question. We asked the question of every guest that came on the show. We asked, who is cheering you on? And as I was preparing for this second season, the question that kept coming to my mind was, who are you cheering on? And this theme kept coming up in my own heart, in my own personal devotion time, and then also with our guest in conversations. It was really neat as I started to go back and and listen and think about some of these conversations that we were having. They were all related to this idea of cheering people on or cheering people up, uh, cheering on the people around us. And so what I find in my own life is when a concept keeps coming up over and over and over again in different avenues, different ways, that that's usually the Holy Spirit. So this was coming up in conversations that I wasn't really uh, putting the thought into the conversation. It was kind of organically coming out of these conversations. And so I've learned in my life when that happens to kind of perk up and pay attention because usually that's when the spirit is trying to teach us something. And so I want to delve a little bit into this topic, this kind of unofficial theme that's cropped its way into our season two, uh, because I think that the Holy Spirit is really trying to teach us something here. So as I prayed, this question of who are you cheering on was just at the forefront of my mind. So this idea that we have joy in Jesus that we explored together through our theme verse of John 16, 33, which Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So when we think about this joy of Jesus that we've been given, that he died on the cross and raised up from the grave to give us, we weren't given this joy to keep it to ourselves, right? We weren't given this gift, this fruit of the spirit, joy, cheer, to hoard it to ourselves and and to just enjoy it in our uh, our own lives and our own selves. But we were given this joy to share it with those around us. And that's what I think the Holy Spirit is really trying to teach us. So when I think about cheerleading, which is kind of the whole theme of this podcast, uh, comes from that verse, one of my favorite verses, John 16, 33, that's rooted in my background of being a cheerleader. And for me, um, cheerleading wasn't just something that I did. It wasn't just a sport that I participated in, but it was a lifestyle or a mindset that my mother instilled in me from a little girl of saying, you know, when, when things don't go your way, when things don't go the way you expect them to, you can still be of good cheer. You can still have a good attitude. You can still have that joy because Jesus has overcome the world. And so as I think about that, I often think about cheerleading when I'm thinking about this concept because it's kind of where it began for me. 
So I think about cheerleading and I think about leading others into action. And I just want to tell you, my dad um, was a high school football coach. So growing up, um, I was always around football and that kind of just uh, blended into my uh, choice and, and action into being a cheerleader. But I'll just have you know, as a coach's daughter, there's a lot of unpredictability that comes with that. So um, as many of you may know, if you pay attention to football or coaching at all, uh, it's very volatile, right? It can be um, you can have a good season and get a promotion. You can have a bad season and you can get fired. Um, so there's just a lot of inconsistency in coaching. And so growing up, my parents made a decision pretty early on that they were going to um, have a house and have a business in this town that I grew up in, Petal, Mississippi. And then my dad was going to take these coaching jobs all around within driving distance of our home so that we weren't being uprooted. My brother and I weren't being uprooted every time his job needed to change. And so my dad was in coaching in Jones County for uh, a long time, like over 20 years. And he when I was in high school, he was at a high school called West Jones High School in Laurel, Mississippi. And so I would go and visit his pep rallies um, on game days. And let me just tell you what, at West Jones High School, they know how to have a pep rally. Do you hear me? Those are the biggest football fans I think I have ever been around. They are serious about it. And so I had very high expectations of my own school pep rallies that I would be a part of leading at Petal High School, the school that I attended. And so I'll just have to let you know, the first time that I attended a pep rally at Petal High School, I was so disappointed. Our fans were not nearly as excited as those fans 30 minutes up the road at West Jones High School. And this puzzled me. And so I, I began to think, okay, well, what can I do in my role as a cheerleader, leading people into cheer, leading people into a spirit of enthusiasm? What can I do to help make these pep rallies more exciting? Because the students didn't enjoy them. The faculty didn't enjoy them. It was just kind of one more thing that we had to do in the day. It got us out of class for a minute, but it really wasn't a lot of fun. And then I go to West Jones and they are all having a blast. And so I kind of made it my mission for the next four years to improve the pep rallies at Petal High School. Now, I don't know if I actually accomplished this, right? It kind of takes more than one person to do this, but I began to look at how does what I do, how can that impact the people in the crowd, the people around me. And when we begin to think about this concept of choosing cheer and sharing that cheer, sharing that joy with those around us, this is the example that kept coming into my mind. Because I didn't just do it haphazardly, right? I didn't think, oh, I want to bring more excitement, more, um, more cheer, more energy to these pep rallies, and then not do anything about it. We would meet with our uh, leaders on the cheer squad. I even met with the principal at one point. We met with the band director. We were trying to do this whole uh, concept of improving the cheer, improving the pep rally. And it was strategic. It was planned. And I think so often we just expect that in our lives we will just be cheerful or be joyful with those around us. And I think sometimes it requires a little bit more intentionality than that. I think our default is often the opposite, right? Our default is often to be negative because the world around us is often negative. And so 
the verse that kept coming to my mind as I was really praying and thinking about this concept was Ephesians 4.29. And I want to read it to you in two versions today. So I want to read it first from the New International Version, Ephesians 4.29, where Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That it may benefit those who listen. And I also want to read it out of the message translation. Paul writes, Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. I really love both of those translations. That idea of only saying what will benefit those who listen. Each word is a gift. What this means for us is there's power in the way that we talk to those around us. Scripture teaches us that our words will either build up or tear down. They are powerful. And so when we think about this idea of of spreading cheer, spreading joy to those around us, we need to consider our words. We need to consider the things that we say. Have you ever had something just come out of your mouth and you immediately go, oh, oh, sure wish I wouldn't have said that, and you're scrambling, wanting to take those words back? It happens to me all the time. And sometimes in my own life, I feel like I'm in a rut with this. Like I feel like I know that I should only be saying what benefits those who listen, or I know that each word is a gift and I should watch the way I talk and that there's power in the things that I say. So often my life just doesn't reflect that. When I look back on the day, I think of all these things that I said that weren't really helpful, that didn't really build anybody up, that didn't really benefit those who listen. And so I think it begins with this this strategy, this intention of just being mindful of what we say, being mindful of the things we say. And so um, I've started to just kind of ask myself a question at the end of the day. What did you say today? How did what you say make a difference? Because I realize that the things that I say to the people that I interact with on a daily basis will either cheer them on or or tear them down. And I want to be a person that cheers those on that are around me. That's the kind of life I want to lead because I believe it's the life that Jesus has called me to lead. So what keeps us from cheering each other on? So we've already kind of talked a little bit about that negativity from the world around us that seeps into our lives. Maybe that unfilter, not having a filter, right? Saying things off the cuff and not really thinking about what we say and how it's going to impact those around us. But I also think this struggle with comparison that so many of us have really affects us from really being able to cheer on or champion those around us. If we're jealous of people, if we feel like we're better than or less than people, we often won't be cheering them on. We'll be looking for ways to tear them down to make ourselves look better. And you know, the sneaky thing about this is, y'all, most of the time, it's subconscious. 
Most of the time, this is not intentional. Sometimes it is. But most of the time, we say things or we do things, and we don't really realize the why behind why we're doing them. So comparison often keeps us from cheering on the people around us. It's like if, if, if she succeeds or if he succeeds, then that's impinging upon my success. And that's just not the way God works. His will is for everyone to do their best and to have their best and to be um, in his favor and in his uh, liking. And so all of us, there's room for all of us at the table, right? When my seat at the table is not compromised by somebody else's seat at the table, there's room for all of us and we can all cheer each other on. Paul goes on in Ephesians 4, a little bit further down to say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, when you say these things, when you tear each other down instead of build each other up, it actually grieves the Holy Spirit. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is, is truly God, that he is part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And so what he's saying here is don't grieve God, right? That it grieves him, it makes him sad to see us not building up or not benefiting those around us with our words. Then he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then he ends, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So I want you to think about a time that you said something that hurt someone. Just take a minute and really consider that. Maybe it was recently. Maybe there's a time from long ago that pops into your brain. Think about a time when you said something that really hurt someone. And then I want you to think about a time when you said something that really encouraged someone, really helped someone, really was intentionally kind and compassionate to someone. I want you to think about the feelings you had with both of those thoughts. When you think about the time you said something to hurt someone, I'm sure there's some feelings of regret come up, maybe some feelings of anxiety, some feelings of unresolved emotions. And then think about when you think about the time that you said something helpful to someone that built somebody up, it maybe brought some more positive emotions to your mind. Maybe remembered how good it felt when you said something that was encouraging to someone else. Or you may remember the smile on their face or the relief that washed over them when you said it. So pausing to just think about the power of our words can help us to be more intentional about how we use the words that we've been given. Our very breath has been given to us by God. The words that push out of our mouth should reflect and honor him. So I want to ask you, who are you cheering on? 
And I don't want you to think just kind of metaphorically here or just like um, abstractly. I want you to think very specifically in your life right now, who are you intentionally cheering on? And if you don't have an answer for that question, that's okay. That's okay. But I want you to think about who could you be cheering on? Who in your life needs somebody to champion them? Who in your life needs somebody to come alongside them and say, you know what? This is really hard right now, but you can do it. God has placed you here for a reason, and I believe in you. I'm here with you. I'm cheering you on. Who can you text today and say, hey, I'm, I'm lifting you up in prayer? And not just tell somebody you're praying for them. I live in the South, and we have such a culture of saying, oh, I'm praying for you. Or somebody put something on social media, and you say, oh, praying, praying, prayer hands, prayer hands, right? But I mean, like, actually pray for that person. And then let them know that you did it. That's an encouragement to someone else. That's a simple way of putting this into practice, living this out. Who are you cheering on? Who could you be cheering on? And how does Jesus want to use the joy that he's placed in you to encourage and build up his body, his church, his children, so that they may see him more and know him more and that he would get all of the glory? Friends, it's my honor and privilege to get to spend time with you week after week It is such a joy that you would choose to be a part of our conversation here on the podcast. You are such an important part of what we do. If you like what you hear, I would invite you to share it, pass it along, text this episode to a friend, like, rate, and subscribe to our show. What you do makes a difference. And remember, friend, we're cheering you on.